Welcome to the Property Unleashed podcast, a show about property, entrepreneurship, and personal development. This show is designed to give you the foundations and building blocks to move forward on your journey and live a more inspired life. Hello and welcome to the Property Unleashed podcast. I'm your host, Mark Fitzgerald, and I want to welcome you to joining me today. Thank you for all the support you've been showing the podcast over the last few months. Since it started in May last year, it's gone on leaps and bounds. It's a slow process when you're building anything, including property businesses, um, but it's a fulfilling and rewarding process. And I have always said the same thing. If there was only one person that listened to the podcast and that was my mother, I would still be a happy man because I just enjoy talking about property, talking about my learnings, talking about my experiences. And I hope in turn that helps people moving forward. I've certainly found that in my training, it has really helped my students because not only do I show you all the plus size, but I also show you my mistakes as well. And I always find that we get more learnings from our mistakes, of course, than we do from what actually goes really, really well. Because when it goes well, we're sort of in that moment and we're all happy. It's when we have problems, when the chips are down, when it's hard, is where we don't want it to be hard anymore and we do our best to try and psych ourselves out of actually putting the work in to get ourselves back to the good times. So as I always say, if you have a journal, make sure you review your days, review the good days, what was good about them, who were you with, why were they good, and when they're bad, again, do exactly the same thing and help move yourself forward. So today I wanted to talk about what I look for when I'm doing viewings and also give you an idea of what I think you should be looking for when you're doing viewings. I have a 10 step rule to this. I like to try and keep things simple. So I do like to add steps to things. But really, there's 10 major things that I would go through here. And let's just go through them now with you. If you've got a a pen and paper, if you're not driving or walking or anything, then maybe you can make some notes yourself. Or if you want to download this list, you can do. I'll make it readily available so you can download the viewings list with this little guide to help you as well. So number one, when you get to the property and everything, have a good look up and see what the guttering and the roof are all about. What do they look like? Are they looking old? Is there tiles missing? Is there tiles maybe that look like they're about to fall? And is the guttering relatively new? Is it the old metal guttering or has it been updated? You know, scan when approaching the property and have a good look from the outside. And if you go into a rear garden or anything, again, see how far you can walk down that and have a look from the back as well. If you do spot anything and you're talking to the landlord, sometimes it's good to bring it up in a conversation if things are going well. Just so happens when I was walking to the property, I just spotted you might have a couple of tiles that are looking like they're slipping there or maybe one that's hanging off the edge or cracked. It might be worth just, you know, when you can, getting somebody to have a look at that. They'll like that. It'll help to build up rapport. And also, you don't want to be taken on a property where the roof's going to start leaking water because, as with anything, you only know the roof is leaking when it's raining. So and that's when the problem is going to arise and you can't do anything about that. So if you can nip it in the butt before that, when it's potentially not raining, then you're going to help them and you're going to put them on the right track. Number two is very important in properties for me is the bathrooms. You know, how many bathrooms and what condition the bathrooms are in? Do they have en suites? Do they have um, 
baths in there or showers and there's a whole mixture of this but a bathroom can really make or break whether a tenant wants to stay in a property or not if it's a nice bathroom you walk into it's it's modernish but it's tidy it's clean the sealant's not all moldy and stuff like that now any of these things can be sorted out so remember this is just the viewing but make sure you're making notes you're taking pictures so you know what it is you're looking at as you're walking around the property. But you always want to look in all of the bathrooms if you can. If you're doing a viewing and tenants are living in the property, have a normally we open the door, have a quick look at the room, just ask them, can I just look in the bathroom? Look up, look down, look for damp, look for mold, look for dodgy sealant, and just look for any little issues that you may be able to find. So that again, if you're looking to take this property on, you can get yourself in there or a handyman in there to maybe reseal bits and bobs that need resealing. And you know from the off how you're going to make that look good. Obviously, that leads on to number three, which is like walls and ceilings as you're going through the property. Is it a wood chip property? Is it old? You know, would you need to be re re wallpapering the walls and and looking at potential problems you can get from taking off old dated wood chipping or wallpaper where all the plaster is going to start coming off if you're going in there just thinking well we can pull all of this down and we can repaper it it's not going to happen nine times out of ten the wall will be coming off with the wallpaper if it's been there long enough so it's something to take into mind that it could cost a lot of money to replace what's currently there unless you're able and it's it's easy enough to paint over the top if it is you're laughing if it's not Think of different ways that you can make it look a little bit better because there's nothing worse than a real dated wood chip hallway, living room, ceilings, you know, anything like that. Uh, realistically thinking you're going to go in now, I'll, I'll pull that down and I'll have a go myself and you could get yourself into a world of pain that could cost you a lot of money. So it's well worth dating that down. And if it is, it's worth a discussion with the landlord to say, listen, we need to update this slightly. I can get the team and the people in to do it, but obviously it's your property. Uh, you may need to pay for this. But if you do pay for this, and obviously we've got a good standard when I take it over, I'll make sure you get the property back in the same standard. Number four is the kitchen. Obviously, look at the size of the property. How many kitchens are there? Some properties have two kitchens. I have a property with two kitchens. Um, and some properties will have a, a nice big kitchen. But size and condition of the kitchen is very important. Is it a modern kitchen? Is it a run-down kitchen? A lot of the times, just by changing maybe a worktop and the doors, you can always get doors rewrapped with vinyl, which can keep the cost down. You can really take an oldish-looking kitchen and spruce it up and make it start to look more modern. So unless it's absolutely knackered and it needs a complete refit, you can think of creative ways to get around a kitchen that maybe is just looking a bit dated. But if the kitchen's really small and you think more, no more than one person, maybe two at the maximum, could actually operate in that kitchen at a time, and this is a five, six, seven bed, eight, it shouldn't potentially have a license for that because there are regulations. But I have still seen small kitchens. You just need to be mindful that it could put people off when they're coming around. So have a look at the size. It doesn't have to be a football pitch, but it needs to be big enough for the, how many rooms you've got in the property. Number five is communal areas. So not all properties will have a communal area and that's OK. They still work. Some tenants aren't bothered about sitting around in a lounge area anyway. Student properties, it can work better because it's sort of a, a a point of the of the house where everybody can chill out and can can get together and just you know be together and watch telly and things. And 
Also, in some areas and some properties, communal areas are expected. The housemates might want to sit together. They might want to at least have somewhere different from the kitchen or their room to sit, maybe eat and stuff like that. So if it is in there, what's it like? You know, is there a dining area around or maybe that's in the kitchen, but it could also be in the communal area as well. What are the sofas like? Will they get away with some new throws on them if they're looking a bit dated and stuff like that? And just how is it set out? Can you spruce it up a bit? You'd be amazed by putting a couple of throws, some cushions, maybe even some standing lights or some uh, a couple of, you know, nice table and see how you can spruce up what could be potentially a very dull communal area and make it look a lot more modern, a lot more lively and light and uh, a, a lot happier place to be. So number six, which is very important, is the flooring. Is it carpet? Is it laminates? Is it lino? Is it hard floor? Would it be hard to replace this floor in any way, shape or form? Carpets are pretty easy to replace, obviously. Laminate and lino are. But if you're looking at a hard wood floor that is a specialist sort of product and you either want a carpet over the top or you need a replacement or it gets damaged, that could be issues. That is something I would look at with the landlord and talk about. It's not very often you find that when it comes to these sort of properties, but just be aware of it. Really, you want sort of lino or laminate flooring in your en suites and bathrooms, potentially in your kitchens as well. Uh, lino is probably the best because it's the cheapest and it's the easiest just to replace. And if you get the lino with the furry back, it's pretty darn robust as well. So you want you want to you want to check your floors. You want to make sure that on your viewing list when you're going through the property that you're jotting down exactly what is in each area. And if you're getting into trouble or you're getting stuck trying to talk and do all this at the same time, just ask if you can take pictures. And taking pictures of floors and things like that just gives you an idea. Can systematically work your way around the property. Um, then whatever pictures you take, you know, will lead on to each other. I always give my rent to rent business builder students their own list of all of these things and they can fill it all in as they're going along. So they haven't got to think about it. They've got all the boxes to tick. They can do it on iPad, actually. Um, but they also can just just make notes, tick things down and know where they are, know what they're looking at and make sure that when they get home, they're not confused with the notes that they've made. It's all easily laid out for them. So number seven, which is very important, is appliances that are in the properties. So look at the fridge, washing machines, oven. Does it have a dishwasher, a tumble dryer? You know, also, again, back to the bathrooms, the showers in the communal areas. What are the TV lights? All the appliances, all the appliances need to be listed down. Take a picture of them if you can, you know, microwaves and all of that sort of thing. And just see what sort of condition that they're in. You don't necessarily have to poke around the oven and the microwaves and stuff, but if they look old, uh, and they look a bit dirty, then it's worth, particularly with the oven, if the oven is pretty much in good working order uh, and it's one you want to keep, just getting somebody in there to clean it for you. Uh, and again, with the microwave, they're not massive amounts of money if you just want to replace that and make it look a bit fresh. But they, then you need to agree who's in charge of the appliances, who pays for the appliances. I tend to try and do the appliances, either the landlord pays for them or worst case scenario is we do a 50-50 where we both pay for them. But from the outset, realistically, if you can get away with using what's there, then get away with using what's there. But if it's not good enough, don't just try and force it just for the sake of keeping a microwave or, you know, a kettle, a toaster and stuff like that. I always normally go in there and put in new cutlery, uh, a new toaster and kettle because they're normally the ones that get used the most. And it just helps spruce things up a little bit from the desktop point of view. 
So number eight on things to look out for is plumbing and electrics. So you want to be shown the um, electric fuse box. You also want to be looking at the boiler. You really, if you can, take a picture of both uh, with the boilers. Try and take a picture and see what model and make it is. Maybe see when it was installed. It may have a sticker on it that tells you when it was installed. And if it all looks up together and it looks pretty good. Plumbing wise, again, when you're looking in bathroom areas, kitchen areas and any pipes that you may see, if you go into any cellars or lofts that are showing a bit of pipe work and stuff, just see if how it looks, if it looks old. Radiators are normally a good clue on that. If a radiator is starting to look rusty or you can see signs that potentially it leaked in the past or anything like that, then it's just worth noting these things down. These things are pretty easy to fix, but it's also something you can flag up with the owner as well. Really, you, you want to be looking at the fuse box. You want to be looking at the gas box as well at some point because you'll be wanting to get meter readings. when you, If you're taking the property on, you want to obviously, the day you take it on, take pictures of the meter readings so that you can give them to the landlord and you can then take over the utilities if that's what you're doing. When we come back to plumbing, we're looking at heating and things. We want to be looking to see if they've got any thermostats in place that will help cost saving when it comes to utility bills. So with the electricity, I would say you need to be looking at lights that turn off in the hallways on a timer. You can even get bulbs that'll do this now with sensors in. You wanna also make sure that nobody can leave any lights on apart from in their room. Can't do much about that if it is in their room. And of course for the heating, you wanna be looking to see if it's got a hive uh, control panel or a timo stat or something like that, that can really be turned off so that the heating can't be left on 24 7. it'll make a massive difference on the bills and the running costs of the property if you have those in place the tenants of course can then press a button and get as much heating as they like for those cold times or when they need to dry clothes but they won't just switch it and walk away and leave it on 24 7. So, of course, the obvious one here, number nine, is furniture. You need to just make a quick note of all furniture. So, furniture in each room. I always try and just list down, as I say, uh, my students have a guide which basically says wardrobe, chest of drawers, bedside cupboard, uh, bed, and then obviously anything else that might be there, i.e. mirrors, uh, another stand, a desk, a chair. Just try and note down the condition, whether they look like they'd stay in your HMO, in your property or even in your serviced accommodation, if that's what you're doing. Just gives you an idea of A, what you want to keep, B, what you might want to get rid of and C, if you do want to get rid of it. It's the landlord's property. What do they want to do with it? So you can always ask them to clear that owl out and say, I'll start afresh and put new gear in. They may want to keep some of it, in which case have the discussion earlier than later. And of course, number 10 is all about the gardens. So, or the outside, should I say? So you've got a potentially a front garden, a rear garden. Not always. You want to be looking at parking. Is there parking? Is there, can you park on the street? Will you need a permit? Uh, any any sort of things that may become a little bit tricky. I know it's obviously in certain areas, it's very difficult to park on the street. Not everybody will have a car. Some of them will have a push bike. So where can you put a bicycle? Uh, you don't really want those going into the house because they'll scratch the walls and they'll make the floor dirty. So is there a shed in the garden that bikes could be stored in that is secure? And remember, you know, bikes these days can be can be in many cases as inexpensive as a car. So if it is, if the shed needs to be in good nick. It needs to have a good padlock on it. 
uh, and that sort of thing. But I would certainly say, you know, if you've got a big garden, you want to be looking at uh, what sort of maintenance and upkeep that garden's going to take as well. And is it just a good looking good looking area when you walk up to the property does the front garden look neat and tidy you don't want to put people off before they've even stepped foot in the house by having long weeds or just having a really scraggly untidy looking area hopefully most of the time it's it's either um pebbled or it's just slabs or or something but if of course if it is a proper garden you've got to put that into the numbers and figure that into your deal same with the back garden as well and again it's worth just noting what the parking situation is like is it a nightmare to park whether you have to pay for a permit or not or does it look relatively easy because there's always something that you can put in to your adverts as I say, this is my top 10. And if you basically manage to cover all of these off when you're doing viewings, it will really, really help you moving forward when you get home, when you're evaluating your deals and when you want to take any potential deals to the next level. I do hope this has helped you today. And as I always say to everybody, you're more than welcome to come and join us in the Facebook groups. We have the Rent to Rent Business Builder free Facebook group. Go for the free one. Uh, the other one is for students only. And we have the Property Unleashed Facebook group. Come in there, ask any questions. Feel free to reach out to me on social media if I can help you in any way, shape or form. If you're looking to start in Rent to Rent and you want to build a business, then come and join my training program and we can all move forward together. It's a fantastic community that is growing all the time. There's some fantastic people in there doing some brilliant things. Come and join that, following the footsteps of others and grow that business and change your life. You all have an excellent week and I shall be with you all next week. Take care and bye for now. Thank you for listening, guys. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe and share the podcast with others. And if you could take a minute to leave the show a review, that would really mean a lot to me as well. Lastly, why not head over to the Property Unleashed Facebook group? And if you do, I'll see you there. Take care and make sure you keep focusing on your vision. Bye for now.